You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. It's me, I'm the Pope. <laughs> I'm not the Antichrist. <laughs> Is he Mario? This is my brother, <laughs> Luigi. I'm not the Pope. <laughs> Hi, I'm Katie. And this is Nathan. And you're listening to Queens, the podcast about badass women in history. Hi, I'm Katie, and you're listening to Queens. And you have joined us for our very first episode about the Lady Jane Grey, and I'm so excited that you have. We had so much fun taping this. Nathan and I paired this episode with a cocktail called the Greyhound, which we discovered we didn't like very much, which is what you're about to hear. And we just had a really good time taping this, and I hope you enjoy. Thanks for listening. Vodka? Is this vodka? Or vodka and vodka grapefruit. and grapefruit juice. And this is commitment, because both of us hate grapefruit what what but we are committed to the premise of the show yes we are gonna channel lady jane gray today and it's gonna happen it's gonna happen hashtag poor baby jane like i feel like a lot of times when we talk about these women we're gonna be like other lives were so sad they were so lonely they just got shit on, and um, I don't think the Lady Jane Grey is going to be any exception. No, no, she was pretty much shit on. <laughs> yeah, she didn't have a super, spoiler alert, she didn't have a super happy life. Um, so they call her the Nine Days Queen, because she was Queen of England for nine days. I mean, if I was Queen of England for nine days, the first day I would eat all the foods. And all on the, the foods. second day, bitches get shit done. Bitches get shit done. Um... But she was like 16. She didn't get that much shit done. And I think she was in prison while she was a freaking queen. It wasn't, it wasn't good. So, let's just jump into her life. Head first, let's start at the very beginning. A very good place to start. <laughs> if you're on the sound of music. Um, so she was born in or around 1537 in Tudor, England. I actually read that she was like born in the same month as Henry VIII's long-awaited son Edward. Yeah, her cousin Edward. They were Okay, so back then they didn't really document girls' birthdays cuz yeah. they were just like, "Oh, this was just a girl. We'll document the son's birthdays." Um, so we don't know exactly what her birthday is. So some people it was probably within a few months of Edward but around 1537. So let's talk about the social climate of England uh, when she was born. King Henry VIII was on his third wife. Um, he had broke with Rome, which was a BFD, big fucking deal, back then, so that he could marry his second wife, Anne Boleyn. And then he like promptly cut her head off three years later. And then married Jane Seymour. And... Then the country was really confused because they weren't Catholic. Like, no, 
We're not Catholic. We're not Rome. With and, Rome. And that's a big deal. Back in that day, that's whenever they first oh officially like divided with the Roman Catholic Church. Just yeah. because Henry VIII just wanted to get around and have a son. Yeah. He was just <laughs> like, I gotta get another wife, so I'm my own church. Um, but he he was raised Catholic, so he really didn't agree with Protestant Protestantism, Lutheran, whatever. I don't know what they called it at that time. I don't know that Protestant was a phrase yet. I think it was Lutheran. I think I think you're right about that. I don't know. But anyway, but he wasn't down to be Lutheran. And so, like, Lutheran heretics were still getting burnt at the stake. But then Catholics were also getting prosecuted. <laughs> so the people were just like, eh. We don't know who to go with right now. <laughs> so... Um, let's talk about Jane's family and why she was, like, her family was important and everything. I wrote down royal adjacent because they're not really in the royal family, but they're not, not part of the royal family. So, um, Jane's mother was named Frances. And Frances's mother was Henry VIII's sister. Who, so her name was Mary Tudor, which there are other Mary Tudors in the mix. Probably a billion. Because they had like all of six names that you could choose from during Tudor times. You could be Mary, Catherine. Elizabeth. Maybe a Jane, if you're lucky. <laughs> but anyway, so the Mary Tudor who was King Henry VIII's sister, who was, she was Queen of France for like a hot little minute. Like she was young. And hot and sexy, and they were like, you're going to go marry the king of France, who was like a million years old. And she's like, cool. Um, <laughs> but luckily, he did her the service of dying pretty quickly. Oh, thank God. <laughs> I would not want to be stuck with an ugly dilf. Mm-mm. And then, so on her like way back from France, she secretly married King Henry VIII's BFF. Like without, it was such a huge scandal. They were they got in so much trouble. Uh, but anyway, so then they had a daughter named Frances, which I love because it's not Mary <laughs> or Jane or Elizabeth or Elizabeth <laughs> or Catherine. Or they Catherine. got they got a little inventive with the names. Either. Can we talk about? Uh, we're digressing from from Jane Grey. Just digress. Let me digress for a hot little <laughs> second. That King Henry VIII had six wives. Three of them were named Catherine. Well, I mean, if you're, if you're calling somebody's name out during the act of having sex, you know what? You mean, can, you're going to remember gonna it. You're not going to mess it up. <laughs> oh, that's, you went there. Anyway, <laughs> let's get back on track. So, um, Jane was the child of Francis and her husband, and they were... Dukes, a duke and a duchess. Yeah, he was Suffolk. the Duke of Suffolk. Um, so that's why I'm like royal adjacent because being from America, I don't totally get the hierarchy. I mean, I read a lot of books, but it's confusing. It's like duke, duchess, I don't know. What is this? Yeah, so they're royal adjacent is what we're going to call them. Um, it's also worth noting that since, like you mentioned, she was a bo- born around the time of Edward and pretty much from the get-go, her parents were really super ambitious for her and they were like we're gonna marry her to her cousin edward so that she can be queen one day like that was 
in their line of vision from pretty much the beginning of her life. Yeah, I mean, this is what they did. These monarchs just married cousins to cousins. Yeah, and yeah, then yeah. you have to keep the bloodline. Yeah, like, okay, so when you hear now they wanted to marry her to her cousin, it sounds gross. But back then, I mean, they were, would that have been second cousins once removed? Yes. So they were practically strangers. Like, people married their first cousins all the time, especially in the royal family. Yeah, because you had to keep the bloodline. And they wanted, to be honest, some of them, they may have wanted the power. They may exactly. have wanted to oh, have somebody in the family them. definitely wanted the power. Power hungry. Mm. No question there. So let's talk about her parents. Um, there's really only one source of her talking about her relationship with her parents. And, she and it ain't good. Is, <laughs> spoiler alert, is not nice. Um, so this, I don't know what he was. He was some kind of scholar or something from Europe, came to visit their household, and her family, her parents were out hunting. And she was... Sitting at home reading Plato, you know, like fourteen-year-old girls like well, to do. I mean, she was smart. <laughs> oh, she was, she was. She was like a genius. She in her was own right. smart as shit. So, but anyway, so the guy was like, "Don't you want to be out there having fun and hunting with your family?" And she was like, "No, yeah. books are the only thing that give me happiness." Uh-huh. Sounds like my kind of girl. <laughs> I know. But then she went on to talk about, you know, my parents. Uh, beat me and they abuse me and they're so mean to me. Well, I mean, okay, go ahead and like Google a picture of Lady Frances Brandon and that's her she, mom and she, she looks like she'll smack the crap out of you. She looks fierce. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But this was also was not a time of like, you be you, do your thing, know your truth. Uh, if you want to study art, go to art school. No, 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 no. no this no. was a time of uh, spare the rod, spoil the child. Yes. Definitely 100%. But, so she talks about, they beat me, they pinch me, they call me names, da-da-da-da-da. So maybe they did. Yeah, and, and, you know, there's actually been historians that said that it's maybe not as harsh as that she was saying it was. Well, what I think mm. is um, when you were 14, if some real important guy was like, what do you think of your parents? Wouldn't you have taken I this don't outlet? Like them. They're mean to me. They don't give me ice cream. Yeah, exactly. You're gonna bitch about your parents when you're a teenager. Yeah, it that's is. What you do. That's just what you do yeah. when you're yeah. a teenager. Very. However, there are two instances in her life where I am definitely like, okay, you know what? I don't think her parents always had her best interest at heart. Yeah, I can agree with that, too. I don't think that they were fully the the nicest people, but at the same point, they're training their daughter to be, like, a royal and to be part of the royal family, so it's very... The expectations are really high. Yeah, but anyway, so I'll get to those two points in a minute. I'm going to keep you in suspense. Now we're going to talk about her education, which sounds boring, but it was actually pretty remarkable. When you say that she had... I mean, back then... um, Women of nobility were obviously 
educated better than yeah a little more well read but at the same point i don't know if they were you know like to the point where yeah being i read plato for fun gray they weren't really like as in tune with it as she was like some of the other queens basically knew how to play the harp or the piano like they were more artistic yeah or she was definitely an intellectual so a a highborn tutor girl's uh education was usually like sewing they're if you didn't know how to sew, you were not going to be invited to any fucking parties. I mean, look how many did. fucking dresses they had to wear. That's all they did. They sat around and they stitched things and you were expected to sew your husband's shirts. Even like the nobility, I Um Ugh. If my husband was like, sew my shirt, I'd be like... Go to Kmart and buy a new one. <laughs> I was going to say Macy's, but sure. Because <laughs> I don't even know. Are there any Kmarts in Austin? I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think they're bankrupt or something. But, um, so Lady Jane Grey was, she could speak Latin, Greek, English, I want to say like Italian. She could speak and read and write all the languages. She's a genius. Um, and her, well, I believe that that was put, they were like, well, we need to educate her because she's going, we want her to be queen one day and we want her to be able to, uh, take with diplomats. And she fucking took to that, like, I don't even know, what's a saying, like a fish to water. There you like, go. She was just like, yes, I am all about this reading and writing life. She was so into being a And how old was she? I mean, she was like a baby. And like, well, from, I mean, the, baby from the get-go. No, but like, from, yeah, they started her education probably at like three or four. And by the time she was, I mean, I considered myself a pretty bookish youth, but I wasn't fucking reading Plato in Latin. <laughs> <laughs> it's so damn true. I was like reading comic books. <laughs> I mean, I read some George Orwell when I was 15 and thought, well, am I sophisticated or what? And Lady Jane Grey was like, no. <laughs> no. You ain't got nothing on me. You ain't got, and also she was like, who's George Orwell? But uh, anyway. <laughs> so like, no, her tutors that taught her would go and brag about her to, like, other teachers. I guess they would have, like, they would get on to ye old (laughs) meetup. (laughs) And they'd be like, hey, I'm five miles away. Be there in a sec. Exactly. And But anyway, so they would get together, and her tutors would brag about her. She was known within that community of being, like, a prodigy. Like, there's this prodigy girl in England who knows her shit. So like we touched on a little bit before, this was a really crazy time for religion in England. And oh my God, she was a zealot for being Protestant or Lutheran. Or I don't think Protestant, I don't think they were using that term yet. And please, people listening to this, if I'm wrong... Let me know. But, I mean, the whole church had broken up at the time but, and that they're basically going against the whole Catholic world Yeah, right yeah. Lu- so Martin she had Luther, to be, she had to stand up for it. Yeah, Martin Luther had already made his, um, I don't know, like a paper of points. like his, <laughs> And he nailed them his, up on the church. Yeah, his <clears throat> points avoid in, like, The Catholic church, yeah. <laughs> and she was all about that life. So, whenever her and Edward were about, like, nine years old, King Henry VIII dies. And Edward comes onto the throne, and him and his advisors are Lutheran as shit. And Jane was all about it. Oh, she loved it so much. And they just thought... It was her peeps. It was her peeps. And, like, Protestants at this time... 
thought Catholics were so, like, such a nuts. Like, you, you guys are nutballs. Like, a priest ordains a piece of bread, so it's now, you literally believe it's the body of Christ. Body, and you're eating Jesus' body. That sounds a little bit like cannibalism. Like, you got some weird-ass superstition that you base your life around. And people were like ride or die with their religion yeah i mean there's still people that are ride or die, ride with, their or die with their religion but, but I mean, like I, back then it was not like some it was and i mean the roman catholic church was basically before then was pulling all the strings ruling. within the monarchy so they were literally doing yeah. everything and calling the shots yeah. and making them do what they wanted and to this do. is how zealot that and the new nine-year-old king edward was he even wrote a paper about the Pope calling him the Antichrist. Whoa. Bombshell. Boom. <laughs> and he's all like, it's a me. I'm the Pope. <laughs> I'm not the Antichrist. <laughs> Is he Mario? This is my brother <laughs> Luigi. I'm not the Pope. <laughs> so, Henry's dead. And Edward is king. And he's nine years old. And he has two Seymour uncles, because his mom was Jane Seymour. So there's Thomas and Edward Seymour. And Edward Seymour becomes Lord Protector. And what Lord Protector means is it's like, he's fucking nine. He can't run the country. I mean, I, when I was nine, I was playing with Tonka trucks with Barbie dolls. Yeah. <laughs> Tonka trucks in Barbie, like, with, and, and, Barbie and Barbie dolls? Like, so were the Barbie dolls driving... Duh. Patrol, they were riding in the back having a party, girl. Well, that is a part of your childhood I didn't know about. <laughs> there was a sandbox involved. Anyway, so Edward didn't have the luxury of Barbie dolls and Tonka trucks. No, he was he trying to, to be, rule a country. He had to be fucking king. <laughs> and his uncle, Edward Seymour, was his lord protector. So that basically meant it was his top advisor. But, like, when you're nine, your advisor's basically running the country. So... This Edward Seymour was calling the shots and choosing people for his council and just really um, getting the show on the road. And it's easy to remember because they're both Edward because just like with women, there was only like five or six fucking names for men. There was Edward, Henry, Thomas. That's about it. (laughs) (laughs) Those are the names you got to choose from. Um, So his other Seymour uncle... Thomas, (laughs) Thomas, <laughs> like we just discussed. Well, these, these Seymours, you're going to see more of them. You're going to see more of the Seymours. Oh, anyway, that was a, that was a funny joke. <laughs> so the other Seymour uncle, uh, Thomas, was a loose cannon to be nice. That is a nice way of putting it. And King Henry VIII died, and he like immediately married his widow, Catherine Parr. And then he comes back to the Greys, to Francis Gray, and is like, hey, I want to make your daughter queen. And Francis is like, cool, I had the same idea. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> Samesies. And, um, and so he's like, well, I've got the ear of the king. I might not be Lord Protector, but I'm his favorite uncle. So make your daughter my ward. Which at that time basically meant, like, she comes and lives with me, I take control of her education, I introduce her to the people she needs to know, and, uh, yeah, we'll get her in. And the Greys were like, cool. Um, Even though I'm pretty sure Thomas Seymour had to pay them a 
a lot of money. Well, for... there's always that whole like dowry. Yeah, yeah exactly. So this is actually like Jane's happiest time of her life. Because Catherine Parr was also like super fucking Protestant. True. And she was, she didn't have any children. She had been married, this was like her fourth marriage or something like that. And she'd never had any kids and she'd always wanted them. So she viewed Jane as like somebody to mother Somebody to be maternal to. And that's not necessarily something Jane ever got at home. So basically, Jane living with Thomas Seymour and Catherine Parr was just like, I had the time, time of my, my life. life. Yeah, yeah. She and was she totally like in that. a lot of books. <laughs> <laughs> um, so she was super happy. And then Catherine Parr went and fucking died. Yeah, that was tragic. In childbirth. Childbirth. Like you do. I mean, that's what in everybody did in the 1500s. It was the thing to do. It's what people I did. I mean, hey, how'd you die? Uh, the childbirth. But. Childbirth. Or the sweating sickness. And then some... Or being beheaded. Spoiler alert. Uh, <laughs> so, then she had to go back and live with her parents. And this is really when the story starts to... Pick up pace. The plot thickens. The plot thickens. So she goes back to live with her parents. And within two or three years, both of the Seymour uncles have been beheaded. Not one, but two. Both. So the the Lord Protector one, Edward, I really don't know. Like, he did something boring. It was some, like, diplomatic. I don't know. Off with his head. Off with his head. But the one that had been married to Catherine Parr... After Catherine died, like, he just went off on the rails of the crazy train. Like, he was nutballs. Batshit cray. Batshit cray. And he tried to kidnap King Edward. Like, why are you, how are you going to kidnap? He shot his dog. What the hell is this? He killed his dog, like, trying to kidnap him, and, like, the dog started barking. That's, like, a special place in hell for So he got beheaded for killing a dog. You should. (laughs) So, in comes a new Lord Protector, John Dudley. Remember that name. Gonna be important. So, Edward gets sick. King Edward uh, only lives to be about 15 years old. And he gets sick. And before Henry VIII had died, he put his daughters in the, back in the, like, the line of succession. So... Little backstory, if you don't know anything about Tudor history, both of his daughters had been claimed bastards because he didn't recognize his marriage to either of their mothers because he was father of the year. And so, but before he died, he was like, okay, this is how the line of succession is going to go. My son Edward and any of his children, uh, Mary, any of her children, Elizabeth, any of her children, and then... Francis and any of her children. And remember, Francis is Jane's mom. Yes. And, and and here's the problem is that, like, whenever he set up that line of secession, Edward was like, well, Mary, who's the next in line, and I'm about to die, is Catholic yeah. AF. Super Catholic. She had, did you know that she was given one of, like, the only people in the country that was, like, allowed to take mass still? Like, Whoa. He, he loved his sister. Um, he thought she was wrong. Um, he had such convictions. But, but it he, was his sister. It was his sister. He still loved and her. he still allowed her 
to take mass and do all that shit that other people weren't allowed to. But at the same point, he knew that he couldn't pass down yeah. the crown to somebody that was Catholic. That was going to turn the country and back turn it to completely being back to where it was, run exactly. by the Roman Catholic Church. And he was just like, well, I can't have that. So he changed the line of succession, um, like just a couple of days before he died. He changed the line of succession. He was like, well, Mary can't take it because she's a bastard. And I think she he wanted to pass it to Elizabeth, but he was like, well, no. I mean, if I'm going with this, Elizabeth's a bastard too. So it's going to Frances and her offspring. And this is what brings me to believe, this is my first point where I'm like, well, Jane's parents didn't give a shit about her. Because, I mean, there's nothing documented, but why... Francis must have been approached and been like, hey, you're next in line for the the throne. And she must have been like, nah. Nah. I'm not, I'm not cool with that you shit. You know what? I think I'll give that to my 14-year-old yeah, daughter. Yeah, I'll give that to <laughs> Like, you're way more well-equipped for this shit than your daughter Than a is. little girl. But at the same point, I just... Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Magic mirror on the wall, who are the most rotten ones of all? Hello my darlings, and welcome to Rotten to the Core. Here, we will scry into the past and discover some rotten apples throughout our history. Have no fear, my pretties, for we shall learn a lesson, not only about their horrendous deeds, but also about our own power. Let's step out of the shadow of the past and help pull it towards the light. I am your host, Josh Waters, and I'll be the queen guiding you on our journey. Now, come along, dears. We have lessons to learn. History is waiting. <laughs> I think that she I think she, didn't want it. She didn't want it, She and I think she was like, you know what? And so she was like, cool, I'll pass it. So, Dudley, the Lord Protector, before Edward dies, approaches Jane's parents and is like, Hey, I have a plot to get your family into the royal, like, to the throne. But step one, marry Jane to my son, Guilford. Hmm, was there some sort of personal interest in hmm, that? I wonder why. I don't know. So... And you know what? We really don't know that much about their relationship. And we really don't know that much about Guilford. But from we do know, I think we can say that he was pretty unremarkable. I mean, his name was Guilford. <laughs> his name was Guilford. So that's, I mean, that's it's not, I mean, from the get-go. They had, like, they had like six sons or seven. They had a shitload of sons. And I think by the time, and he was the youngest, so by the I time bet they Henry got to VIII him. I was jealous about yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> but by the time they got to him, I guess they were just like, I don't fucking know, Guilford. Actually, I, I think it was his mother's maiden name. Would his nickname be Gilly? Gilly. Oh, God, I hope not. <laughs> Ford? I don't know. 
Um, but yeah, they were super young. Um, and there are, some people believe that she like strongly protested, like, I don't want to marry this guy. Um, but we really, I think there's a document that he, some documentation that she said that, but we really don't know. And back then, if you were a teenage girl and your parents were like, you're marrying this guy, you were marrying that guy. And you you would still be like, what the hell? I don't know who this is. But, oh yeah, she was definitely like, I don't know this guy. I just want to read books. (laughs) Again, she sounds like my kind of gal. Yeah, she just wants to read books. (laughs) She's not DTF. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, Guilford is not particularly portrayed well. In history, no. just from the couple of things that he's documented in. Did you watch any of that movie with uh, Helena Bonham Carter? No, I did not. One, Helena Bonham Carter playing Lady Jane Grey. Eyebrows, like, on fleek. No, I did see that. Eyebrows for days. For days. I don't even think eyebrows were a big deal back then, but for 2017... And they were natural back then. Eyebrows. She was so... I mean, she's still beautiful, but yeah. she was... So beautiful. And she... Ugh. Agreed. <laughs> uh, but in that movie, he's Poor definitely he's definitely portrayed as um, just a mama's boy, spoiled. He was like the youngest of like six or whatever. I mean, he probably was mama's boy. Yeah. So they get married and then Edward dies. And so they call up... Jane, like they send, the court sends a messenger and is like, Jane, you need to come to court. And she gets there and they inform her that Edward has died. And I'm sure she was like grieving because they were cousins and they were friends. They knew each other. And from all accounts, I believe they were friendly with each other. And then they were like, and now you're queen. And she was just like, um, no, thank you, please. I think is a direct quote. <laughs> <laughs> no, she was like, she was like, this is not mine. No, this yeah. is not right. I, she didn't really want it from the get-go. Mm-mm. She was really pretty much pushed into it by her parents yeah. and by the Dudleys and just kind of well, forced into I it. I believe when she was like, no, this is not right. Like, her parents were like, shut the fuck up. Do what you're told. Like, this is the 1500s. And you're a little girl, so you do what we tell you. And I think that they were grooming her for this moment, too. Yeah. And, like, I believe she had kind of a little bit of a mental breakdown. Like she, I would. She <laughs> crumpled on the floor. And, eh. mm. and uh, what eventually got her was the same thing that got Edward, is they were like, okay, but Mary's going to bring it back to being Catholic. And she was like, so... Into her convictions that she was like, I can't, I can't deal with the country going back to be Catholic and live with that and know that I could have done something to stop it because all these people's poor souls or whatever. I mean, their lives were so short that every little breathing moment they had to fight for something and did it, was, you know, it was religion. Did you know, actually, so, I mean, there was a lot of things that you could die from more easily, like you could get the flu and die and people died in childbirth a lot longer, but, um, a lot more often, but... Healthy people, it was pretty common to live to like your 70s or 80s. Huh. Yeah. Good to it know. Was, but it was more um, when you average it out with people that were killed by 
things that are so easily prevented now. Beheadings. Beheadings. (laughs) Spoiler alert. Or, you know, like, working in the field and, like, some horse coming and stampeding you. You know, whatever. Like, but the natural lifespans weren't necessarily any shorter. So, fun fact. Um, I don't don't know what fun. Woo! Party! Woo! But anyway, so... This is one thing that has nothing to do with moving the story along. Guilford was like, cool, so I'm king now. And she was like, nah. (laughs) (laughs) Not in my house. (laughs) And she was like, he was like, but! You know, there'd never been like a ruling queen by herself. There'd always been a king. And he went and told his mom... Mommy, she's so mean to me. She won't make me king. Mama's boy. And uh, so that's, I think, just this one instance is the only thing they have to go off on why he's painted like a mama's boy and a brat. Because he went and stomped off to his mom. He's like, she won't make me king. And so uh, his mom came and was like, make my son king immediately. And she was just like, no, he can be a duke. uh, I'll make him a duke. I'll make that bitch a duke. That's it. And, and kind of shows her conviction of being like, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this right. Yeah, I mean, she had a good head on her shoulders. Like we said, she's well-read. She knows what the hell she's talking about. So she's going to follow yeah. the logic. And that and was a, just didn't make sense. Yeah, a queen was going to be ruled by a king. No. She was like, no, if I'm no. going to do this. Yeah. So um, news gets to Mary Tudor that her hus- that her brother has died. And so she's collecting herself. I'm sure she says a prayer for him. Does whatever you do on rosaries. I don't know. It was not very really Catholic. I don't know. Yeah. Um, and gets ready to go to London to accept her crown. And all in the background, Dudley is sending a messenger. And then that messenger is like going to immediately take Mary hostage. Um, but luckily, she has... She has tons of friends at court. She grew up at court. She is court. You know what I mean? She runs that shit. She, she's been doing this her whole life. And so she gets notice ahead of time, hey, your brother's dead. Um, and point two, they're coming to arrest you to keep you from starting a revolution because they've put your cousin, Jane Grey, on the throne. And she, and she knew Jane. Um, I mean, they were somewhat close. Yeah. I mean, and, they... um, well, Jane's mom and Mary were first cousins. Yeah. So, so I mean, you know, they knew each other. But um, I think Mary's exact response was like, hell no. Nah. Hell to the no. I don't think so. And so she runs and starts gathering her own forces. And so Jane is crowned and they bring her out to meet her people of the country, and they're like, we present you with your queen, Jane! And you hear the <sighs> crickets. And everyone's like, who? Say what? Her? I didn't know she was nothing. Who the fuck? Who? Huh? And, yeah. So, Mary is gathering support. Uh, she's BFF with Spain. She's BFF with Rome. And also, all of the people knew her. And it became apparent to Jane's military advisors that we're not going to be able to get the peasants to, like, start a revolution. Well, no, because they knew who Mary was before they knew who any of these other people were. Yeah, was... they didn't know Jane. They didn't, And Mary, they had seen her been shit on throughout her whole life. Her mother was a super popular queen. 
they had grown, watched her grow up. No, they were not standing for it. So it became obvious there was going to be a rebellion if Mary didn't become queen. So eventually all the people in the council have made a huge mistake. Yeah, I think this we fucked up, guys. This isn't going to work. <laughs> so Mary came. She got her crown. And so Jane and Guilford hung out in the tower in because they were considered traitors. But, like, I mean, when they say they were imprisoned, it was fine. They were totally living a cush life in the Tower of London. So then Jane's father, ugh, Jane's fucking father, came in and joined what they called Wyatt's Rebellion in Jane's name, which I believe is reason number two that shows that her parents obviously didn't really care about her. Yeah, it was immediately squashed. And so then Mary was like, well, shit. As long as we have this Protestant figurehead alive, I'm always going to have these people rebelling against me. It is true. So she was like, I guess I got to behead this bitch. But, but, she sent her own personal confessor to Jane and was like, just convert. Just do it, girl. Just do con- it. Convert. Do it, do it. And let's talk, let's talk about being a martyr real quick. <laughs> <laughs> That's what, because Jane was like, oh, I guess I'll be a martyr. There is nothing. If it just shows you how the conviction she had, there is nothing in the world I would be beheaded for. <laughs> I, you know, I've been a vegetarian for like 20 years now, but if somebody was like, die as a martyr of a vegetarian, I'd be like, no, I'll take a steak, please. You know? <laughs> like, it's just not, it's not, I, I just can't. I don't mean, but I can play devil's advocate here and say that, you know, like with Jane, she legitimately, she, thought, she legitimately thought that her soul was going to be saved. And, and in the Bible, they do have this thing that if you die a martyr, then you have a special place in heaven. Okay. But still, whatever. I wouldn't do it for oh. one second. <laughs> but so she kept sending her um, confessor and was just like, convert, convert. And she was like, I'm good. Um, I honestly don't know if... Guilford was given the same choice. I haven't looked into that. Have you? No, I don't think he was. I think his it all I, I hung think, on what, Mary, what yeah, Jane decided to do. Yeah, I think it was do. all dependent upon her because he had really no rightful heir oh, to the throne. Poor baby Guilford, though. But like, because since they were married, the rebellion was considered just as much in his name as hers, which is super unfair. Yeah, I mean, he kind of got. He didn't do. It. He was just like. I didn't even want to marry her. <laughs> he was just a mama's boy. He just got pulled Oh, but bless bullshit. his heart. And he was brought out to um, Tower Hill. Yeah. Which is where they executed people who weren't royalty or royal adjacent or whatever the fuck. It was just for, like, spectator sports. Yeah, anybody could come and watch. And so he was executed there, and um, Jane watched. What kind of relationship did they have? Did she watch because she was like, oh my God, it's my fault you're in this shit? Did she watch because she was like, oh my gosh, this is about to happen to me? Oh, did she watch because she had affection for him, which I doubt. 
Yeah, I mean, they were like little kids together, so I that... really doubt that they like were in love at the time. Yeah, <laughs> it's the least likely one for me. So anyway, um, so Mary's chaplain comes for Jane and is like, it's time. It's time to convert or die. And she was like, well, I guess I'm dying. One day. And she gets taken down to, um, like, where she's going to be executed. (sighs) Poor baby Jane. Yeah, poor baby Jane. Like, they totally, like, when she saw Dudley get beheaded, she pulled out her prayer book and just started reading every prayer that she could possibly read. Because she knew she was getting dragged down to get killed. And what just gets me is all these people who are beheaded this time... They're so composed. They have these speeches. They have these whole things. So she gives this speech, and then she reads, um, like, a piece of the Bible from a Bible that Guilford had given her. And she's like, okay, I'm ready to die. Poor Poor I couldn't, I could So she completely keeps her composure. She takes off her top dress. Which is like back then they would wear like these underclothings and then they'd have like their overclothings. And then you had to like, anyway, so she took off her overclothing and they blindfolded her and put her on her knees. And she said, I was to lay her head on. And they literally were like, hey, she was like, can I at least see where I'm going to lay down? She lost her composure. Like she was so. That's composed. a that's a that's an understatement. Oh she yeah. Probably just started wailing at that point. And was like, why? She God? lost her shit. <laughs> she couldn't find the block she was supposed to lay her head on, and she lost her goddamn shit. Um, which wouldn't you? Yeah, I mean, I, I, no, I would have lost my shit the minute they were like, okay, they're ready for you. I would have been like, no. Google paintings with late with her, and <gasps> oh you'll my god, see. so Google the painting, the um, execution of the Lady Jane Grey. It was by a painter whose name I didn't bother to write down, but it was like painted in the eighteen hundreds. Um, it really just the look of despair. You can, he on really her face. captured that moment before. Oh, that she I died. mean, there's a lot of inaccuracies in that painting, like. Because I've been to the Tower of London where she would have been executed. It didn't really look like that. But just, it really conveyed the emotion. I yeah, think. I mean, she didn't know, like, she was already kind of like, am I going to die? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You are. I wonder if to the last minute they were thinking maybe we'll get a pardon. You know what I mean? Yeah, probably so. They might have been. Ugh. Hashtag poor baby Jane. So, she's beheaded. And she asked, she asked the guy that beheaded her, she was like, um, well, will you do this quickly? Will it be like, will it be something painful or will this be done quickly? And he was like, no, I'm going to, I'm going to try to do my best for you. Because like nobody, everybody felt sorry for her. And I think like the last words that she spoke was uh, uh, from like the New Testament that said, God into thy hands I command yeah. my mm-hmm. spirit so mm-hmm. I mean that totally like relays the fact that she thought she was a fucking martyr and Ugh. that was what she was dying for was everybody Poor else baby Jane. Yeah. so on my honeymoon I read Alison Weir's um, Innocent Traitor about her which <laughs> my husband loved he was like you want to go ziplining I'm like no I want to read a book but anyway um, 
That scene, I mean, the whole book was pretty sad and beautiful and great. I definitely recommend it. But that scene where it's like it's from the point of view of the beheading guy, like the beheading guy. I don't know if that's like his actual title name. The Executioner. The Executioner. Thank you. Chop, chop. Chop, chop. (laughs) Um, It's from his and he's like, they walk her out and he's just like, no, this is a child. I can't do this. Oh, that's what I was hired to do. Da, 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 da. And in it, where he's, she's like, he like leans down and is like, do you forgive me for what I'm about to do? And she's like, yes. And then she can't find the block. I don't know if I've ever cried so hard reading a book. Like it was. I mean, so... imagine being the executioner, though. Like you're you're sent to execute this like little girl, mm. and you're like, man, I don't even think this is right. I know, but you still have to do it because if you don't, then you're a traitor and yeah. you're committing. That's treason. what you were hired to do. Yeah, you're. Supposed anyway, to do it. so she was beheaded, and she was considered a Protestant martyr. So I mean, if that's like your thing. I guess you got to die for something. And if you're going to die for something, at least. Your convictions, <laughs> yeah. So what, Nathan, did you use to, um, like, research this topic? I read Allison Weir's book that I just mentioned. I literally just, like, went to a library and read a bunch of encyclopedias. <laughs> like, for real, yo, the library is where it's at. ACC. Yeah, ACC for yeah. e and I also listened to um, the History Chicks, which is my favorite podcast in the world. And they did um, a segment on of her a couple of years ago. And I listened to that. So, now we're going to jump into our next segment, which we're calling... This Week in Bad and Bougie Bitches! This Week in Bad and Bougie <laughs> Bitches! So what this is, is like we're going to talk about someone who probably any other time wouldn't necessarily have been brought up in our podcast. Yes, they're not necessarily a queen or a princess or a consort or anybody like that. It's somebody who's just a notable woman of history. Yeah. So this week we have Lady Godiva. Lady Godiva. And no, she wasn't all about the distributing and packaging of fudge. Trust me, I would know. She actually is noted for like... Talking about being gay. Oh, shut up. (laughs) Like... They have, like, a whole backstory behind her is that her husband, Lord Leofric, which you have to say it like that. Or Leofric. Else yeah, you have to say it like that or else it's it's not worth it. He literally was just, like, raising taxes on these poor peasants that had no money. And yet they were just giving it to all these religious houses and all these churches and all this. And so Lady Godiva was literally like, yo, I don't think this is right. Like these people don't make a lot of money and you're already raising taxes on them. This isn't right. And so he kept being like, no, I'm doing it. No, I'm doing it. But nevertheless, she persisted. Nevertheless. She kept going, girl, and she kept pushing for it. And eventually he was like, well, you know, whatever. You could ride naked through the streets and I'm, I would think about it. I would maybe lift the taxes. She said, okay, you got a deal. Deal. And so they literally, like, she took off her clothes, got on a horse, and rode down the streets naked to pay for all of those taxes. Like, talk about your true socialist queen. Like, she didn't give a fuck about anybody else. She was like, okay, I'm going to go to each house and be like, hey, yo, I'm going to be naked. And so she literally just, like, got on her horse, took off her clothes, rode on, and then all of a sudden, some dude decided to look out Tom of his window. Tom the Taylor. Tom the Taylor. Fuck you, Tom. He literally decided to peep out of his window and see, oh, there's this bitch naked. Oh, wait, I'm blind. Blind. 
So I guess Lady Godiva made the ultimate sacrifice, but at the end of the day, Peepin' Tom, he was creeping, and he was And that's where that comes from, Peepin' Tom. Yeah, so we've got the Peeping Tom, who went blind because he saw this naked bitch. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, to be the boring person of this story, so we have no documentation to fact that Lady Godiva actually rode through the streets naked. No. The story wasn't, like, actually written down for the first time until, like, the 1300s, but it had been circulating since about 1080. And that is also about the time that William the Conqueror became, uh, like, king of England. And he, he started what's now known as the Doomsday Book. And you can, you can, like, actually factually look back and find Lady Godiva. And she was super popular. And she was super, like, the people's um, countess, I guess. Yeah. If her husband was an earl, she'd be a countess, yes. right? So, it's no wonder that people wrote this story about her. She, like, donated all the extra money she had to this, this, and that. Like, any poor person she would give to, so... And then on top of that, like, not only that, she gave her body. Yeah. Literally. I mean, it's almost like a christ Well, thing. but no, but they don't know if that actually happened. They don't know if she no. actually rode through the streets. But it's a fun story. <laughs> and actually, they have uh, the Godiva Chocolate Company. Yeah. They're actually named after her and have a, a symbol of her as one of their primary trademarks yeah. of their company. Yeah. And they actually have like this whole program for strong women of national and local means who make something of themselves and they reward that. So That's it's so awesome. It's something that, you know, she she did all this work and she did everything that she could and now we should honor other women who are doing it by eating chocolate. Absolutely. So that is this week in Bad and Bougie. So that's it. Oh my God. Thanks for coming on our maiden voyage with us. Next up, we're thinking about doing Cleopatra. So hold tight and we'll catch you next time. This is Queens. Thanks, guys. Beyond. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.